The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to share our topic of the day with you today. And I just want to share that this topic has come from about a full week now of a lot of one-on-one client calls, as well as a group orientation for the missing link and chatting with missing link members. And the one thing everyone is saying that they're struggling with is walking. And to be honest, about 99% of my clients work with me because they know that I can help them improve their walking, improve their stair climbing, improve all sorts of mobility. And what we're going to talk about today is the number one mistake that 99% of my clients make. And it's not their fault. The reason that you might be making this mistake is because you are not even aware that you're doing this. And that's the case about 100% of the time. In my almost 10 years of experience as a physical therapist and almost eight years of experience as a multiple sclerosis specialist, I can confidently say that of all of the muscles in our body, of all of the movements that we need to do to move, to walk, to climb stairs, to just move around our day-to-day life, there is one movement that most of this boils down to. And if you can improve this one movement, your walking will improve. And you're probably not going to be very happy with me for saying that this is the one movement that is integral. It's probably the most important movement to improve your walking because most of the time, this movement is the most challenging for almost all of my clients. So I'm just going to share it with you. And then we're going to dive far into it as to why this movement might be challenging and tips and strategies and exercises for how you can improve it. The number one movement that is likely causing difficulty with moving forward and walking and climbing stairs is that you are not bending your knee at the appropriate time or at all. If you are not bending your knee, That is a huge factor in itself. And you might not be bending your knee because you don't have the strength to, or maybe you have spasticity or muscle tightness in your leg that is preventing the movement. And there are things that we can do for both of those. But a huge piece of this is that if you are bending your knee, even just slightly, you might not be bending your knee at the right time. And if you're not bending your knee, at the appropriate time within the gait cycle, it's going to cause you to trip or to fall or hike your hip up, swing your leg around, or we also call that circumduction. It causes abnormalities in walking and it can cause low back pain and worse balance. 
So bending your knee at the appropriate time is incredibly beneficial. So let's dive a little bit further into this. As I mentioned, there are two main reasons for not being able to bend your knee. So let's touch on that first, and then we'll touch on the timing of when you're actually supposed to bend your knee. So one reason that you might not be bending your knee at all or very little is because of weakness in your hamstrings. One of the best way to strengthen your hamstrings is to practice bending your knee in whatever position you can. So this might mean practicing bending your knee in a seated position. So you're sitting in a chair and you pull your knee so that your heel comes as far back as possible. And then you straighten it. And then you do another repetition, pull that foot back, bend that knee, and then relax. If that's too challenging, put something under your foot that reduces the friction and it makes it a little bit more slippery. So if you are on carpet, you could use something like a magazine. If you are on hardwood floor or a tile floor, you could be wearing a sock or put a dish towel underneath your shoe. So you want to implement some strategy to make it a little bit slippery. The least friction, the better. If that seated position is too challenging, you can try bending your knee in a standing position, or you can try this lying on your side or lying on your back or lying on your stomach. All of those are fantastic positions. I just got off of a Zoom call with one of my one-on-one -on -one clients about an hour ago, and we've only been working together for about two months. And with her exercises, she reported to me that she was able to bend her knees more on her stronger leg and her weaker leg when lying in bed, lying on her side. And I was pumped. I was so excited for her because what that means is that if she's able to bend her knee better when she's lying on her side, she is well on her way of being able to bend her knee in a seated position and then eventually in a standing position and then eventually when she's walking, but it all has to start somewhere. So choose the easiest position first and then progress from there. Another reason that bending your knee might be challenging is because of tightness or spasticity in your quad muscles. So these are the muscles on the front of your thigh. They are responsible for straightening your knee. Therefore, usually if they are tight or spastic or spasming, then it's going to keep your knee in a locked straightened position. So there are a few things that you can do to reduce muscle tightness in the quads. If it is true spasticity, usually that does require some form of medication or alternate treatment like Botox, Baclofen, maybe even the Baclofen pump if it's pretty aggressive. So you'd want to look more at medicinal strategies. However, there are exercises that you can do as well, and those are stretching exercises. So exercises to stretch the quad muscles. One of my favorite stretches to stretch the quad muscles, as well as the hip flexors is to lie down either on your bed or on a couch with the leg that you want to stretch slightly hanging off of the bed or the couch. So if you're on a couch, the leg that you want to stretch, the foot is on the floor and your other leg is just extended out straight on the couch. 
from here, you might already feel a stretch depending on how tight those muscles are. But if you don't feel a stretch, you can increase a stretch by bending that knee that is on the floor. So pull your foot back, and then that's going to be a more intense stretch for you. Other things that you can use to reduce muscle tightness in your quad muscles, the muscles on the front of your thigh are things like massage. So of course, stretching, but that's what everyone thinks of. And they forget about all these other things. So stretching, yes, but also massage, grab your thumbs and just massage out the areas of your thigh that feel really tight and restrictive. You can also try muscle rolling. There is a product called the muscle roller stick. There's also a product called the stick. Either way, it looks like a rolling pin and you roll it on your muscles. And it's a great way to release tension. Or if you have the ability to do this next one, you could use a foam roller as well. Usually it does take a combination of strengthening the hamstrings, the muscles on the back of the thigh and stretching the quad muscles, the muscles on the front of the thigh. When you're able to do both of those effectively, you should notice an improvement in ease of bending your knee. Now let's talk about when to bend your knee, because this is something that so many people don't understand. You're not even aware of it. So we can't fault you for doing this incorrectly, but I'm now giving you the information so that you can practice this at home. So the point in time in which you should bend your knee is the second movement of walking. The first movement is shifting your body weight forward. So if you picture yourself in a staggered stance, so one foot is forward and one foot is back, the first thing you need to do to take a step forward is shift your body weight forward. Then that is the moment that you need to bend your back knee. Most people do not bend their knee first. Most people would bring their knee forward into a marching movement. And when I say most people, I mean 99.9% .9 of my clients with MS. So if you're thinking to yourself right now, oops, yeah, I don't do that. You are not alone, but it's so important that you know when to bend your knee. So again, you're in a staggered stance, you shift your weight forward, and then you bend your knee next. After your knee is bent, then you can lift your toes up. Then you can march your leg forward. But if you forget to bend your knee at that time, you are way more likely to have drop foot, to circumduct or swing your leg around, to hike your hip up because you can't bend your knee enough and your foot's scuffing the ground. So lots of impairments with walking can be fixed from simply bending your knee at the right time. And I just want to reiterate, because I know that you might be thinking this, this should be challenging. If you are practicing this exercise and you feel like it's really, really hard, good. It should be. You are not alone in the challenge that this exercise presents, but it's not an excuse to not do it. As with all exercises, remember what neuroplasticity is and how you need to move to get it to work. So a quick reminder, neuroplasticity is the ability of your brain to strengthen neural pathways from your brain all the way down to your muscle or to find new neural pathways. So if you're attempting to do this movement 
and you have no movement or very, very little movement, keep practicing. Again, choose a position where it is easier for you to move and get your best quality there before making it harder on yourself. But the more repetitions you practice, the more opportunities your brain has for neuroplasticity to kick in. Meaning the more repetitions you attempt, even if there is zero movement, the more times your brain is trying to find a neural pathway that will strengthen those muscles. So I know this is going to be hard, but the first step is awareness. Are you bending your knee enough? And are you bending it at the right time? If either of those answers are no, hopefully this episode has provided you with several different things that you can do to strengthen your knee, stretch your knee, and practice proper timing. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.